cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. I'm Alan Watts, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on Wednesday the 9th of July, 2008. For newcomers, look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com and download as many of the previous talks are given over many years, which help to give you shortcuts to fill in this big puzzle, this big system a total system that guides the world and is showing its teeth right now as it, through law and through force, creates this new system, this new world order, and the velvet glove is off the iron fist. Everyone can see it. So I've put lots of talks together to help to cover the histories, the organizations, and the big players behind this down through the ages. Also look into Alan Watts Sentinel.eu for transcripts which you can download and print up and pass around and they are done in the various languages of Europe. We're being browbeaten through Pavlovian techniques of fear. Fear is used so simply, all pervasively on a world society to train us into thinking in a new way of conservation. Conservation and fitness and health and new types of food, etc., including the ultimate elimination of all meat eating from people's diets. All on the cards, all written about from the top, and many articles have come out in coordination at the same time over the last couple of weeks on these very topics. So this is what they call a must-be. When all the media come out and give you the same topics at the same time on these rather odd, odd particular lines, such as elimination of meat from the, the diet, including from the United Nations, by the way, that uh, they were the biggest ones to push out these handouts to all the media, they mean it. And this was planned a long, long time ago. And that's also why you had the mad cow scare in Britain and in Europe. Many people came out of that scare eating nothing but the modified vegetables because they're terrified now of eating meat. The people who are growing deer as a substitute for cattle in Canada on advice of the government and taking grants from the government and putting their own pension funds into the creation of these farms had them all destroyed by the same government a few years later when they said there might be the chance of the same mad cow disease, which is calling mad elk disease, getting into the deer supply, and they killed, by, or by law, all the stocks of deer. Not one case, by the way, after they examined the heads of these deer, it was found to contain mad cow, or mad deer, or mad elk. The whole thing is rather mad altogether. But that is how these 
spells are cast upon the people, and they're called spells. In the high occult, from the most ancient times, they knew how to create forms, as Plato called them. They're a form of spell, cast a spell by repetition from people in authority. And it's so difficult for the average person at the bottom to believe that such a responsible person, a fatherly figure, someone with authority, would be lying to you. And why it works is because we would never imagine telling such an incredibly huge lie over and over. That's exactly why it does work. I'll be back with more after this break. And they haven't even got to Kevin Rudd and his global warming guru. 
writing in the Australian and New Zealand Journey of Psychiatry, Joshua Wolfe and Robert Sallow of Royal Children's Hospital say this delusion was a previously unreported phenomenon. A 17-year-old man was referred to the inpatient psychiatric unit at Royal Children's Hospital, Melbourne, with an eight-month history of depressed mood. He also had visions of apocalyptic events. So, so have Alarmist of the Year, Tim Flannerty, Prophet of Doom, Al Gore, and Richard Brazen, but I digress. The patient had also developed the belief that due to climate change, his own water consumption could lead to within days to the death of millions of people through exhaustion of water supplies. But never mind the poor boy who became too terrified even to drink. What's scarier is that people in charge of our government seem to suffer from this climate change delusion too. Here's Prime Minister Kevin Rudd yesterday with his own apocalyptic vision. If we do not begin reducing the nation's levels of carbon pollution, Australia's economy will face more frequent and severe droughts, less water, reduced food production, and devastation of areas such as the Great Barrier Reef and the Kakadu wetlands. And here's a senior Sydney Morning Herald journalist aghast at the horrors described in a report on global warming released on Friday by Rudd's guru, Professor Ross Garnon. Australians must pay more for petrol, food and energy, or ultimately face a rising death toll. What he's pointing out, this, this, this journalist, is this is terror, you see. This is terror creation from the top to force us, you know, the little people at the bottom, the sheep, to change our ways through terror. Simple, basic, terrifying news with nothing really to back it up. I've got lots of documentation, which I'll read maybe on Friday, on this whole global weather scam. It says, well, pay more for food or die. Is that Rudd's next campaign slogan? Of course, we can laugh at this and must, but the price for such folly may soon be your job, or at least your cash. Rudd and Garneau want to scare you into backing their plan to force people who produce everything from petrol to coal-fired electricity, from steel to soft drinks to pay for licenses to emit carbon dioxide. The gas they think is heating the world to hell. The cost of those licenses totaling in the billions of dollars will then be passed on to you, the consumer, through higher fuel bills for, for petrol, power, food, housing, air travel, and anything else that uses lots of gassy power. And some countries are even planning to tax farting cows. So there's no end to the ways you can be stung. Rudd hopes this plane, this plane of pain will make you switch to expensive but less gassy alternatives. And hey presto, the world's temperature will then fall, just like it's actually done since the day Al Gore released an inconvenient truce. But you'll have spotted already the big flaw in Rudd's mad plan, one that confirms he and Garneau really have delusions. The truth is, Australia, on its own, emits less than 1.5% of the world's carbon dioxide. Any savings we will make will make no real difference, given that China, now the biggest emitter, and India, the fourth, are booming so fast that they alone will pump out 42% of the world's greenhouse gases by 2030. Indeed, so fast are the world's emissions growing, 
by 3.1% a year, thanks mostly to these two giants. But the 20% cuts Rudd demands Australians by 2020 would be swallowed up in just 28 days. That's just how little our multi-billions of dollars in sacrifices will matter. And that's why Rudd's claim that we'll be ruined if we don't cut Australia's gases is a lie. To be blunt, ask Rudd's guru, Garneau, on Friday admitted any cuts we make will be useless unless they inspire other countries to do the same, especially China and India. Only a global agreement has any prospect of reducing risks of dangerous climate change to acceptable levels. So almost everything depends on China and India copying us, but the chances of that are big round zero. You know why that is? Because you see in the GATT treaty, and it was the same in the NAFTA treaty, it's written right there, going to the, the various treaties and the ones to do with the United Nations Agenda 21. The richer countries are to pay to bring up the standards of living in the third world countries, and the third world countries are exempt from paying or even filtering their pollutions, but they're exempt from paying anything on them in the meantime. That's why. And that's why it's American, British, and so on companies that are in China. They don't have to pay for all the pollution in China. Because China, even though it's rolling in the dough, being a good communist country that it is, and it's the main manufacturer for the whole planet, doesn't have to pay these carbon taxes. So all the factories within it don't have to either. So why are the publics of the world being forced? The whole thing is a giant scam. A scam to rob you. It's one of the biggest businesses out right now is this carbon credit nonsense. Huge business and spin-offs of it. It's like selling prayers and as it did in the, the Middle Ages. It's the same abstract nonsense of terrifying the public and making them pay for it so that a small elite will reap the benefits at the top. You even have cab carbon offset choices now where you can buy or at least adopt a tree. Adopt a tree. How can you adopt a tree? I mean, it was fatherless before, like it needed you or something. Other scams, as I say, equivalent to the selling of indulgences in the Middle Ages. And here they pull the same stunt again. And using the force of law to make us all obey. Remember the book, The First Global Revolution, with the Club of Rome, written by the founders of the Club of Rome, say in their book, that back in the 70s, they looked upon a way to unite the whole world, and they found that the world only worked together, countries worked together during wartime status. So they're going to use a war scenario to unite the world. And it says, we hit upon the idea of claiming that man was an enemy to the planet and through his pollution, causing global warming, etc. He was making war on the planet and therefore was an enemy of the planet. They said that would fit the bill. That would fit the bill. The whole thing is a gigantic scam. And now you have neurosis from those who are rather weak to begin with don't know themselves, they don't know what's going on, they have no grasp of their own identity.
identity, they are neurotic. And now we're seeing the symptoms break out as this propaganda machine. It's into everything. It's in all the big ads. The big marketing companies are all greening, 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 and terrifying us too. We're seeing it actually affect the people, and they're having nightmares about things. It also means that those who are really neurotic will become the violent ones in the future. They will be the green police, and they will be utterly, or, or even like the old brown shirts of Nazi Germany, they'll be the green shirts, and they will be turned loose on the public with their crazy neurosis, and they'll do it with no mercy. Back with more after this break. Beyond that, here are some simple facts that make those left on the 
global warming train very uncomfortable. The Earth is no warmer now than it was in 1998. Now, that is one thing that all agree upon, even the ones who are all getting paid by the United Nations through grants. Even you realize that most of the big experts you hear from all sides of it are paid by the UN and the foundations through grants to come up with the nonsense. They wouldn't be paid for it if they came up with negative results. Simple as that. Carbon dioxide is not a pollutant, but a gas indispensable to plant life. Plants, in turn, release oxygen, which sustain animal and human life. I should add here, too, something they don't mention anymore. If you ever go to hospitals, they'll take the plants away at night because the plants reverse the cycle at night. They will take in oxygen and put out carbon dioxide. That includes the trees, by the way. The primary greenhouse gas is water vapor, not carbon dioxide. Water vapor is, is natural in the atmosphere. We'd all be dead. The lack of solar activity in recent months suggests global warming or cooling might be our biggest potential climate change problem in the coming years. The planet has had weather disasters, extremes, and anomalies since it has been here. It just didn't have 24-hour news channels and the Internet in prior decades to spread the news. I should add to that the Weather Channel, because that was their job, to start creating hype about two inches of rainfall or half an inch of rainfall. Weather now is this one big crisis on the weather station. That's his job, to change the way you perceive things. I have been doing the weather on local television for 30 years, and every year I have had people come up to me and tell me they can never remember the weather being this strange. So people don't have memory of the past, especially to do with weather. That's why the Club of Rome picked this particular topic people don't remember. Most of that you see and hear speaking on the subject have little scientific knowledge. Here's a quote from Dr. Spencer, a climatologist at the University of Alabama and Huntsville, from an article he penned recently. Alarmists like Al Gore will use pseudo-scientific justifications and comparisons in their attempt to make a connection between carbon dioxide and global warming. Even though CO2 is necessary for life on Earth, the alarmists insist on calling it a pollutant. See how, how they alter your perception by the use of words. The alarmists insist on calling it a pollutant, even though it's a necessary, a necessary part of life referring to our atmosphere as an open sewer. See, negative impact again, negative terminology. For instance, Gore likes to point out that Venus has more CO2 in its atmosphere than the Earth does, and its surface is hot enough to melt, to melt lead. Therefore, more CO2 causes warming. But we also know that the Martian atmosphere has 15 times as much CO2 as our own atmosphere and its surface temperature averaged 70 degrees Fahrenheit below zero. So you see, in science, a little knowledge is a dangerous thing. Dr. James McClintock, marine biologist at UAB today, in an op-ed published by the Birmingham News, claimed that America is warming quickly. I'll, I'll continue with this after this break. It's quite interesting. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Reading an article by a man who was a weatherman for years on a local television station. And he said, he's on to say here, Dr. James McClintock, marine biologist at UAB today, an op-ed piece published by the Birmingham News claims that Antarctica is warming quickly. Dr. McClintock, I'm sure, is an excellent marine biologist, and I would not even make an effort to challenge his knowledge of that science. But what is his background in atmospheric science? And where does that claim come from? Here is what certified consultant meteorologist CCM Joe Dalio says about this. The shattered part of the Wilkins ice sheet was 160 square miles in area, which is just 0.01% of the total current Antarctic ice cover like an icicle falling from snow and ice-covered roof, Dalio wrote on March 25th. We are very likely going to exceed last year's record for southern hemisphere ice extent, yet the world's left with the false impression that Antarctica's ice sheet is also starting to disappear, Dalio added, false impression. See, remember that part, false impression. And from climate scientist Ben Herman, past director of the Institute of Atmospheric Physics and former head of the Department of Atmospheric Sciences at the University of Arizona, it is interesting that all of the AGW, anthropogenic global warming, stories concerning Antarctica are always about what's happening around the western peninsula, which seems to be the only place on Antarctica that has shown warming. How about the net no change or cooling over the rest of the continent? which is probably about 95% of the landmass, not to mention the record sea ice coverage recently. See that there are record sea ice coverage recently. They don't mention that much in the big hype videos. I should also note that the mythical UNIPCC consensus, now that's this integrated, all these scientists working at the United Nations for this group on global warming, all getting big fat paychecks, if they go along with it, that is. Uh, it says here, it continues to crumble, Dr. Kimanuri Ito, an award-winning PhD environmental physical chemist. Uh, where am I here? Uh, physical chemist who specializes in optical waveguide spectroscopy from the University of Tokyo and a top UPCC scientist calls global warming fears the worst scientific scandal in history. The worst scientific scandal in history in the web law of uh, former Colorado State climatologist Dr. Roger Pialke. Here's what Canadian climatologist Tim Ball says about the IPCC. The IPCC is a political, and remember this is the truth here, it's very important to listen to the words. The IPCC, the IPCC is a political organization, and yet it is the sole basis of the claim of a scientific consensus on climate change. Consensus is neither a scientific fact nor important in science, but is very important in politics. There are 2,500 members in the IPCC, divided between 600 in Working Group 1, who examine the actual climate science, and 1,900 working groups in 2 and 3. Working Groups 2 and 3 who study the impact, adaptation, and vulnerability and mitigation of climate change, respectively. Of the 600 in WGI, 308 were independent reviewers 
but only 32 reviewers commented on more than three chapters and only five reviewers commented on all 11 chapters of the report. They accept without question the findings of the WGI and assume global warming to humans is a certainty. In a circular argument typical of so much climate politics, the work of the 1900 less than 1% of the scientific population is listed as proof of human-caused global warming. Though they established the IPCC as the only credible authority, thus further isolating those who raise questions, you cannot get one of these big fat paychecks as a scientist unless you are already agreed on the agenda as being that of global warming. If you have contrary evidence and there's lots and lots of it, it's no thanks, sir. Your resume is turned down. I find it interesting that most of the predictions coming from the IPCC are based on computer model outfit. This is where it's all coming from. They make a program to fit the conclusions, and sure enough, it will. Those of us in the trench who deal with the Earth's atmosphere every day know that computer model data is often horrible 24 hours in advance. How bad can it be out to 50 or 100 years? The Oregon Institute of Science and Medicine this month announced that 31 point, or 31,072 U.S. scientists, 9,021 with PhDs, signed a petition stating that there is no convincing scientific evidence that human release of carbon dioxide, methane, or other greenhouse gases is causing or will cause in the future catastrophic heating of the Earth's atmosphere and disruption of the Earth's climate. John Coleman, meteorologist and founder of the Weather Channel, calls the GW movement the greatest scam in history. The greatest scam in history. And that goes back to what I said. The guys that dreamed up the scam, the guys who get big, big funding from the banking boys and the big foundations, the Club of Rome, when they said in their own book, when they were looking for all ways to unite the planet under a war scenario, how could they possibly do it? They thought of UFO invasions, yada, 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 but they hit upon global warming. That would fit the bill. In their own words. I encourage all of you to read material on both sides of these issues and make up your own mind. Mr. Gore, the science is not settled and the invitation for debate remains wide open. Heaven help us this fall when ABC television tells us that the world as we know it is about to end because of global warming. Never let facts get in the way of a good story, especially one that scares you to death. I consider myself an environmentalist. There are some serious environmental issues out there. Global warming is not one of them. One of the best ways to become a true environmentally concerned person is to walk the banks of an Alabama river or stream for half a day and pick up trash and garbage. Anyone want to join me? And that's a very good article from uh, this website is Alabama, alabamawx.com by James Spann, who is a, a weatherman. Well worth reading. It's amazing how big magic acts are created. But when you go into history, you find it's not the first big scam to get people 
to change their ways because a small elite have a different agenda. It's a different agenda that's underway here. It's the one of eventual depopulation, how we must start to basically terminate so many lives per year to save the world and save poor old Gia, Mother Earth. That's what it's all really about. And it's to be used as a big stick to take away your private property, eventually. Remember the same Agenda 21 of the United Nations has stated in its charter on the Agenda 21, the 21st century. When they move everyone into these new habitat areas, there will be no private property. There will be no private transportation either. You'll be locked in in this brave new world. In totalitarian regimes, they do not like people having free travel. Look at your history books. That's been imperative. No free travel. And we're all being dished out ID cards with that other scam behind it of global terrorism. So it all works together. And psychopaths at the top can never change their ways. That's why they're so predictable. They always, down through the ages, get to a set of a standard of power and they turn on the people with the same format. Now we'll go to the phones and we've got Charles in Canada. Are you there, Charles? Oh, yes, I am. Yes, go ahead. Well, I, I have two things I'd like to um, leave with you, perhaps. Uh, they're, not, they're not consistent with what you were speaking with today's topics, but, but first of all, I'd like to, um, since you did cover the ant Arctic, the Antarctic, I'd like uh, perhaps to remind everyone of the uh, 1946-1947 uh, Navy, U.S. Navy operation with Admiral Byrd. It was called Operation High Jump, where they discovered 300 square miles that remained unfrozen uh, water uh, inside the Antarctic on, on the mainland. I've actually got an article from... 1920 from National Geographic. I have it here, in fact. Oh, no, really? And they were, they were talking then about what was happening because at that time a good part of the Arctic had become unfrozen and they could see the dry land and so on. And in that time in between, it got recovered all over again. See, we're, we're not getting all the facts here that the cycles that go on and off all down through time. Not at all. Not yeah. at all. And then... Um, Getting back to the uh, the New World Order, the police state that they're attempting to accomplish, which is actually really a military state, I think yeah. we agree, don't we? I see that uh, the police chief in Toronto, I'm a Canadian, Toronto is in Ontario, Canada, the police chief this year approached the Toronto District School Board, Toronto being one of the largest cities in Canada, to discuss the school with the school resource officer initiative to assign 30 armed police constables mm -hmm. in all of the schools this fall in Toronto, Ontario. Now, these are going to be armed police constables. Yeah. I'm not going to be... Uh, he would like to call them officers, but I know they're, they're simply constables. Mm -hmm. And um, that's another curious thing, where they have us believing these people are officers just by virtue of having joined a police force with a uniform on. Yeah. I don't know how they, they obtained this rank all of a sudden. An officer is different than a constable. And then the other issue is a, a friend of mine is a school teacher in New Brunswick. She teaches kindergarten. Yeah. This year, at the end of the year, uh, she teaches kindergarten, grade one. She was told that
that next year or this fall, she will not be permitted or it will not be part of the curriculum to teach children to, uh, or, or, or to cause any kind of instruction that would allow children to recognize letters or numbers. Mm-hmm. And I remember you talked on another show about, about how this new, this new initiative was coming in from uh, England. That's right. From Great Britain. Well, it's here already. She, was, yeah. uh, she, just, told, she just told me this uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah, they want a dumbed-down illiterate society that will be easily managed, very easily managed. Uh, in the next <laughs> 20 years or so, yeah. So, yeah. so they'll have armed police constables, and, and, and here's a direct quote from the, from the chief. He says, uh, hold on one second, then I'm going to go, okay? He oh. says, um, uh, it's, it's not my intention to go in and be hall monitors, okay? No, he wants to be in full uniform and armed. And, um, oh, he says, this will help build trust between youth <laughs> and police. Yes, yes. <laughs> Ah, oh, it's sick, man. It is so, so sick. Yeah, it is. It is, yeah. <laughs> uh, congratulations on all the good work there, Al, and uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks for calling. Good luck. Thank you. But, yeah, we're, we're getting, being conned, too, and this idea of having police in school should not be happening. It really, it really should not be happening. But it is happening. It's the agenda everyone used to obeying authority from a very early age. The man in black must be obeyed. That's what it's all about. Now we've got Carl in California. Are you there, Carl? Hi, Alan. Hi. Um, isn't this just a, a classic magic technique where they distract us with something like global warming and then carry out their shock and awe strategy? It's part of it. it, it they call it the spell. They cast a spell over the world. And you do it through picking very well-qualified, impressive people with credentials paying them well, and going into action together. Three men walking in step can accomplish a lot, as opposed to a hundred men walking at their own pace, each doing his own thing. It's as simple as that, and it's done through repetition and repetition, and it's done from the top down. When you see from the top down being put through big marketing companies, it's in green parties or in marketing companies, they're taught that now in business school, etc., environment is a big, big part of it because it's big bucks. You, you know it's an agenda. It's an agenda, but that's what they're going to use to get us all to obey, reduce the population, allow ourselves to be guided from birth to death by bureaucracies and officials from government. That's the Brave New World scenario. And we'll go through different phases. Right now we're going through the Orwellian phase, which will eventually over 30 years end up in the Huxleyan stage of Brave New World, where they're going to give us new types of perfected Slaves, as, as as the workers for to serve the small elite. Thirty years of riots in the meantime have been predicted by the Department of Defense as they bring down the old system. And so within that thirty years, they want a really stupid population who can't even read and write to grow up, who will be pretty well illiterate, and they'll be very easily managed as they go through this stage of chaos and riots, etc. It's all planned this way. They really can't carry this out without our consent, though, can they? That's correct. They need our consent at every step of the way. Remember that silence uh, connotes dissent, like a consent. Your silence legally, in the legal definition, if there's no comeback from the public, that is consent. Yes, in times like this, silence is treason. Yes, it is. I appreciate your work, Alan. And thanks very much for calling. Thank you. Now we've got Jim from Texas on the line. Are you there, Jim? Yes, how are you doing? Not so bad. 
Oh, I enjoyed your uh, books. I read uh, Cutting Through the Matrix 1, 2, and 3. Yes. Uh-huh. And I reread them. Um, there's a story that came to mind when I was reading this, uh, the Samson and Delilah story. That's another esoteric mm-hmm. story there. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed that. And uh, I had another question. Is it, uh, I don't know much about Egyptian hieroglyphics or, or the pictographs that they have, mm-hmm. um, but they never show them building the uh, pyramids. Mm-hmm. They show everything else yeah. that they did in that time, but except that. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are some questions that I, you know, that, that, that bother me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, have you, you know, uh, Stu Best? Parker. You know of Stu Best? Yeah. You do? I'm a parrot, yeah. Have you seen uh, his video, the the Red Star? Uh, no. Chronicles. It's a uh, it's something that he went to, to the NASA uh, website and mm-hmm. he was looking at Mars and uh, all those photographs and he and they're all untouched and uh, he found uh, two cities on the equator there. Oh, oh, listen, that that stuff is utter tripe. It, it, it's utter rubbish. Well, I mean. It's utter rubbish. And here's what it is. And, the, and they've played the Mars tricks in the days of H.G. Wells. It's an old Masonic trick because red is for revolution. You revolution the minds of the people by conning them. And they want to believe it. Back with more after this break. how the pyramids in Egypt were built. We even have the aerial photographs of the massive ramps they built right up to the pyramid where they dragged these boulders up. We have the graveyards of the workers all around the pyramids dug up and even the, the work camps they worked in over generations to build them. You have all the, the food and you have little skeletons of fish that were fed on bones of meat and so on and the cooking facility areas including the place where they baked all the bread. As far as the Mars thing goes, they've pulled this con out. You know, so much goes back to Zachariah Sitchin. For years, a lot of money went into making a myth based on one man's unique interpretations of the Sumerian tablets. I say unique because no one else who studies all this stuff, all the other experts, will even take the man seriously. It's a joke, but it's a fascinating joke. And that's where Planet X comes from and all this kind of stuff. And and many others, there's a whole bunch of clique, have built their stories and their careers on the books of Zachariah Sitchin, each with faulty, farcical outcomes. There are websites up there on Sitchin by other university professors who totally expose them for what it is. He was just a failed journalist from Israel who hit on a great idea of a great scam, but I think he was put up to it and funded as well, personally, because of those who, this particular names of the people who follow him and build on his stuff, who are still occasionally appearing on radio today. And there's even one preacher came out, and he starts off with a, a, the face on Mars, 
and a lot of money went into making an animated little picture of for him, for this preacher, and it ends up with a huge city in Mars, all animation, of course, and there's a huge pyramid there, and inside, inside it's a 500-foot image of Amun-Ra, and yada, 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 all fascinating stuff for all the, the modern Trekkies. It's total fabrication of nonsense. But people like the fantasy. Facts don't matter. There are many people who get caught up in this stuff. And going back to Sitchin's material, if you were to follow it, you would be the victim of one of the greatest psychological warfare experiments ever done. The purpose of psychological warfare is to negate the enemy, destroy him before any action is taken. Psychologically, you have to defeat him. If you are convinced that these Anunnaki-type creatures, these great characters, built us as inferior worker bees, slaves, with tiny minds that could never defeat them, then the game obviously would be technically well over. End of story. You've been put out of the running. But to go into the actual Sumerian tablets, it's not hard to learn the tongue yourself. I studied it to find out what it really said. And sure enough, it was all about these, these particular deities. One was the sun, one was the earth, and the other gods are in between in the spirits of the ether. That's what they are. Very, very simple. But when you wrap it up in a space-aged era that we live in, you could only bring it out when we have rocket ships and so on in the beginnings of space travel. It wouldn't have worked in any other century. Then these sci-fi writers go into action and reinterpret everything to suit their, their stories, and that's exactly what Zachariah and those who followed him have done. Planet X, you have destroyed us four times in the last 15 years, and no one ever saw it. It was quite the thing. They said they used Mars, which was closest twice in those at times, claimed it was Planet X, and these silly neurotic people were freaking out. From Hamish and myself, up in Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.